Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, friends. I'm Liz Loza. It is week 15. I am joined as I mostly all of the time am by my good friend Dalton Del Don. Today, we're going to try to preview week 15, but... There's a, a lot of uh, fluid situations with old Rona showing up unexpectedly and wreaking a bunch of havoc. But before we get into that, let's we, we were asked last week because we kind of skipped it about some parenting stories. Dalton, how is Mason enjoying basketball or do you have a different story this week? Yeah, no, I don't have an exciting update on my end, just more hooping from Mason. I have the Christmas program, the kids' Christmas program, right after we finish recording this during the Chiefs-Chargers Thursday night oh. game. So you guys can all laugh at me sitting through that. But uh, yeah, doing dad life. How about, how about you, Liz? What's going on with your kiddos? Well, speaking of the kids' Christmas concert, my son, who's in second grade, had his Christmas concert this morning, so I don't have to miss Thursday night football, which is nice, but I will say it was particularly special because he got a solo, and they only gave out two solos. He sang all by himself the first verse, I'm going to get choked up, of Silent Night, and let me tell you, eight-year-old little boys don't sing Silent Night. So he sang Silent Night this morning. He held his own. I was very proud of him. I was bawling. It was inside the chapel. It was really nice. Let me be honest. The kids all sang with masks on. We could hear them perfectly. But it was really nice to like be back in a chapel singing these songs to hear my son do Silent Night in the itchy Christmas sweater that I forced him to wear (laughs) was honestly the complete silver lining of this otherwise sideways nonsensical week that's awesome liz i'm happy to hear that no solos from my kids that's for sure uh, that's oh. cool man oh so wow that's congrats that's well that's, that's a little really aside cool. when the music teacher who's new to the school this year emailed me and my husband saying like so pax has a solo here's an mp3 just the instrumental track so he can like get the hang of it and practice she didn't want him to be nervous which is very kind i love the way she's invested in these kids like the joy of song and music my husband i before i had a chance to reply replied and was like you know he's tone deaf right so you plan into (laughs) auto-tune like he's kanye and i was like can you not can you not husband in like one minute can you just but i uh, i did some damage control and he was i mean honestly this is not i know people are gonna be like well she's a mom but for an eight-year-old little boy singing Silent Night, he did not sound like Michael Bublé, but he also sounded much better than I anticipated. And he worked really, really hard. He was constantly practicing, so I was super, super proud of him. But anyway, 
I'm sure people are done with the parent bragging. Um, Go pack. Talking to thanks. Thank you, Dalton. You're the sweetest. All right, so. It's Christmas concerts. You're going to programs. I'm going to programs. Lenny has hers tomorrow morning. But because it's Christmas, we all know the season is upon us and Yahoo is going big for the holidays. Yahoo Daily Fantasy will be hosting a 12 days of winning celebration and there will be special holiday contests and offerings leading up to Christmas weekend as a gift to our users from big contest overlays, everyone win contests, free rolls, and holiday theme contests. The 12 days of winning will be filled with special contests all holiday season long. Did I mention that there would be contests? There's lots of contests. So check out our lobby starting today and join in the holiday fun by getting into one of those contests. All right, speaking of contests, no contest here. Urban Meyer definitely deserved to lose his job girl got fired 13 games into being an NFL HC. Yeah, it's going to go down as the worst uh, head coaching stint in NFL history. It simply has to. And uh, yeah, it's funny that the the point spread jumped. Uh, it's now jumped about two points uh, in Jacksonville's favor since the firing, which pretty much says it all. Um, yeah, I mean, just a disastrous tenure. And now Jacksonville I like I liked James Robinson in DFS before, and I love him now. Although he could be now, actually, to be honest, he's going to be more chalk because I'm hardly the only person thinking <laughs> having this theory that the bump without uh, without Meyer. But yeah, I mean, what do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, the list of things that he did during this short tenure is just it's comical. It is absolutely comical. I think the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back was Josh Lambeau reporting that. Um, or leaking, I guess, that he was kicked by Urban Meyer in in practice one day. And I kept thinking, like, I mean, that everybody was, like, ablaze on Twitter about the Lambo news. But I was like, sure, Josh Lambo, but he had me at Tebow. Like, can we, remember all of that? Like, how is that buried? The Tebow, the not his wife on his lap at a bar afterwards. And by the way, Urban Meyer must be one of the luckiest humans on the planet because when the wife thing happened, he all of the attention was distracted because of the Gruden news. And now I feel like we're distracted because of this COVID situation that is running rampant, by the way, not just from the NFL, but like throughout professional sports. In fact, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk reported today that the NFLPA is aggressively pushing for the Vegas-Cleveland game to be postponed. And quote, some in the union believe the entire season should shut down for a week. What are your thoughts on that situation? Can I say one more thing to Meyer that I forgot? It's not just all those off-field things that you, you, you brought up, but they have averaged 9.1 points since their buy. Where is all this this college, the scheme that Meyer was, produced all kinds of numbers throughout college? It's just not just the off-field stuff, but the on-field was... I mean, And he's getting a generational prospect as his quarterback, too. So just a disaster on and off the field there. Uh, speaking of disaster, this really sucks, the COVID things. Every time you click refresh on the news, someone else is going on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I know the NFL is now definitely going to be working hard to make changes to their rules. But yeah, I don't know what to tell you other than wait as long as you can to make any decisions in, in evolving anything because the news is just beyond more fluid than ever. And I guess we should have seen this coming with the seasons changing. I didn't. It's caught me off guard, but it's just been uh, it's been far, far more dramatic than I expected. And I think it's a combination of things, too, because 
at the top of the season, you know, we all survived a COVID season. So I think we thought maybe foolishly what to expect or that it would be better. But also all of the attention was about how this is literally the longest regular season in NFL history and what that would mean in terms of injuries. So now we're at week 15. We're at the end, nearing the end of the road here. And we've got the COVID outbreak combined with a million injuries cropping up because of the extended season. So Dalton and I are going to try our best, guys. Like, listen, we are recording on Thursday night. We have both been scrambling. Our producer, producer John, has been updating our document and our news when we take a break. So there is a very large possibility that when you listen to this on Friday, some of the news is going to be stale. But I promise you we are trying to give you as fresh of a take with as accurate information as is available to us at the time of the recording. So please bear with us. Do what Dalton said and try to be as patient as possible. The Browns and the Raiders obviously play on Saturday. So hopefully you'll have some clarity. Maybe the game gets pushed to Sunday and the day is enough. Baker Mayfield is tweeting up a storm. He's not the only one. So bear with us. We're going to start with that matchup. Vegas traveling to Cleveland 20 Browns are on the COVID list, including Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum. So that means Nick Mullins gets the start. I'm going to let you weigh in on Mullins, Dalton, since you're a 49ers fan and have much more or have had much more exposure to Mullins than certainly I have. A second most passing yards over the first 16 starts of a career ever in between Mahomes and Andrew Luck. Not bad, but that's a Kyle Shanahan thing. Nick Mullins is uh, it's a downgrade. I would have said the Case Keenum and Mayfield, not much of a downgrade whatsoever. Um, I think maybe a point at most. Mullins is is definitely a, a, a downgrade and not to, I mean, especially when we consider all the injuries or sorry, COVID list across their offensive line. So this is Ando Jarvis Landry or the tight end group, too. So it's not just Nick Mullins. It's Nick Mullins with a bunch of back ups around him. So uh, and obviously the defensive ends on Vegas with two of the best, most quarterback pressure. So I, I think this is going to be a game that could, if it is played, I don't know what to tell you. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a sleeper. I loved Nick Chubb as maybe my number two fantasy back before all this decimated uh, everyone on the COVID list. Now you obviously want to play him as the entire offense with, for the Browns. But man, it's just kind of a guessing game at this point with so many backups involved. I totally agree with that analysis. Also agree about DPJ, who we talked about on last week's episode and did step up to the challenge, given the coverage from the Ravens missing Marlon Humphrey and the boost in volume with OBJ obviously gone. You know, he should get a bunch of volume. No Kareem Hunt in this one. Now, Kareem Hunt is dealing with an ankle injury, not COVID. Austin Hooper, who showed out last week, is on the COVID list. Harrison Bryant, the other tight end. Uh, dealing with, I believe, a high ankle situation. David Njoku was activated off of the COVID list. He might be the only active tight end in this one. So we know that Donovan Peoples-Jones should see a good amount of volume. Uh, You mentioned the issues across the Browns O-line, certainly a factor. However, Vegas's pass defense, number 23 Per DVOA, uh, they've also allowed the fourth most receiving scores, 24 on the season. So, you know, you've got to leave DPJ in that flex spot just in case. Yeah, with no one else there. He's pretty good, too. He drew a couple of long pass interference calls last week. His his box score could have been bigger. And uh, Njoku, too, absolutely is is a deeper tight end option. But with no one else there, I do like DPJ. 
And uh, yeah, not even Kareem Hunt there either. Another person is going to is going to be an option in this matchup uh, is Dearness Johnson as the backup. And uh, the Raiders have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to opposing backs. And you got to figure Cleveland's going to be extremely run heavy given the uh, injuries to everyone else. And Hunter Renfro has to be mentioned here. He's a locked in top 10 PPR receiver Ooh, right 10. now. I, I mean, it, uh, PPR. In PPR, okay. he is. In PPR, he is. I mean, look, without, without Waller, I'm confident to say in PPR, uh, he's even getting pretty good yards per route but um it's wild that it's i did not see this coming uh but hunter renfro just such a fantasy difference maker uh, it's been a quite a turn of events yeah hunter renfro has cleared 100 yards for three consecutive efforts uh, in half point ppr i think he's definitely a wide receiver 15 low end wide receiver one top end wide receiver two and again to confirm yes darren waller is expected out Still dealing with that knee injury. Let's move on. I don't want to spend too much time on this game because it may not get played. So the other Saturday game is the Patriots traveling to the Colts. Uh, New England gunning for their eighth consecutive win. I don't actually hate Mac Jones in this spot. I know that he's coming off, you know, of a historically low passing effort with only three attempts uh, in that game against Buffalo on Monday night. But when you look at what the Colts do... It's not very much in terms of a passing defense. It's not very much. The way to beat the Colts uh, is through the air. It's their run defense that is quite good. So, you know, with all of these COVID situations and injuries and question marks, if you need to plug someone up, I don't hate Mac Jones. Probably not going to throw an interception. We know that much. Totally agree. You can. I'm fine with using Mac Jones in fantasy playoffs this weekend indoors. Uh, Damian Harris is banged up. The, the Patriots have been willing to call a game script based on opponent, so they're going to look skewed. Obviously, run heavy based on the weather during the last time we saw them. But yeah, you said it. The Colts are tough to run against, and I think the game script's going to be uh, the game plan is going to be different for New England this week. And Mac Jones is going to take advantage of it and throw some touchdowns. He's due to regress for some touchdowns anyway. They've been running most of them in, and uh, yeah, this should be a really fun game with uh, with the Colts. You know, really meaning. A lot for them and Jonathan Taylor on the flip side you know the Colts uh the Patriots known for shutting down the opponent's best player I could see maybe Pittman and, and Wentz having to throw more than usual also because yeah. the, the Patriots are really good against the run too not just the Colts they're really good against the run so both quarterbacks I think are going to be more pass happy than usual in this matchup and it's indoors too so you know one of the later in the season weather becomes more of an issue and this won't be one of them where are you ranking Jonathan Taylor I mean he's got to still be in your top five yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, so, uh, I think I, I uh, moved him to third, but now the Nick Chubb situation right around second or third, because there's not really any other great options after Dalvin Cook. I mean, then you're even actually kind of reaching even when you get to that point. So, yeah, but you got to keep expectations in check. It's too bad because Taylor, Taylor's last three weeks have then gone from the Bucks, impossible to run against, a bye, and now Belichick selling out to stop him. So it's actually been a real tough stretch here for Taylor, but hopefully you can survive your fantasy teams and then him go crazy the next two weeks. Next up, we've got Carolina traveling to Buffalo. DJ Moore dealing with a hamstring situation. He was limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday, but he is expected to play. I think when you look at the talent, you're still going to have to, even given the matchup, um, put him in, you know, in that wide receiver 30 category. Yeah, that's right around where I have him ranked. Um, every, everyone else in this game, I could be fine with benching, though. Uh, there's a question if Newton, you know, comes off the field at times for Walker. Buffalo is really due for a bounce back here. I'd like them to cover the big spread here, um, assuming Josh Allen is good enough to to suit up, obviously. Yeah, DJ Moore, I think if he's, if he's active, yeah, I'm still ranking him as a wide receiver three. Other than that, with the committee in the backfield and the quarterback situation, it's tough to trust any other Panther. 
I, I agree with that. Let's talk about Buffalo. Um, I've always liked Gabe Davis probably more than the consensus. This is another, you know, when Dawson Knox wasn't available early in the season because of that hand injury, we saw Davis work as the red zone threat for Josh Allen, something that clearly that offense needs to click on all cylinders. No Emmanuel Sanders this week. So I do like Gabe Davis again as a, a plug and play sort of option for desperate managers. Me too. Just $12 in DFS. Totally agree. Josh Allen may not be, be able to run if he does suit up. If you know his foot was really in a walking boot, it, it, one would stand to reason he will not rush as much this week. So that could also not only benefit uh, Gabe Davis, uh, but also maybe Devin Singletary who's kind of emerged as the feature back there. Um, I like him as an okay running back three in this matchup. I mean, it's double digit home favorites against a Carolina team that's uh, better in its secondary than, than against the run. I would also recommend that anybody who has Josh Allen and has the space on their bench, go get Mitch Trubisky. You've, you're seeing what, what is happening with Coven. You know that he's got an ankle issue. If he were to suffer a setback, let's assume he plays. I think we're all assuming he's going to play, right? So assume he plays. What if there's a setback? You know, what if he rolls the ankle, um, just steps on it funny, or COVID, God forbid, hits Buffalo? That's obviously a cold weather climate. People are inside more, and that's how this virus tends to travel, at least at a rapid pace. So go get yourself Mitchell Trubisky just to back yourself up if you haven't already. Yeah, especially if you're in Superflex leagues, load up on on extra uh, extra quarterbacks on your bench because all these this this news things are changing so so rapidly. And Trubisky is definitely a solid one to have. Team that you're particularly interested in this week, the Arizona Cardinals are traveling to Detroit. Big news out of the desert is that DeAndre Hopkins tore his MCL, is out for the remainder of the season, missing six weeks. He's going to get surgery on that. I like AJ Green. I picked him up everywhere that I could when I'm uh, in the playoffs. He's coming off of a pretty good game. He doesn't. He does not come without warts, but I do like him to step up in the stead of Nuke. Also, James Conner dealing with an ankle injury was obviously hurt on the last play of last week's game. He did not practice on Thursday as we're recording. That should mean Chase Edmonds' time. Edmonds was almost ready to play last week, so I think that if Connor sits and again monitor this situation. Friday practice reports are going to be very key to a lot, obviously. But if Connor sits, I think Chase Edmonds is like a top 12 play. Yeah, what you're alluding to is I'm considering using Arizona in the $6 million survivor pool. I'm still alive. Uh, 23 people left. No one was eliminated last week in a week full of uh, no upsets. And uh, Arizona, I like the fact losing uh, coming off a loss, but they're coming off a short week. And not only did Connor and Hopkins both get hurt on a, on a drive that the game could have been over if that Rams guy just caught the interception, but both injuries happened after that. And now not only um, is their left guard, Justin Pugh, questionable, but their center, Rodney Hudson, was just placed on the COVID list too so uh, this spread seems too big to me I'm worried it's going to be another sweat for me if I do end up going the Arizona route Detroit shows up man they play hard um, but they're obviously dealing with a ton of injuries themselves too uh, with Swift and Hawkinson now out for the season um, I like Amon St. Brown he's just the cheap PPR uh, cheat code right now is the only guy left there he got back-to-back 12 target game uh, like him quite a bit uh, maybe in DFS as well too but sorry to circle back with you on Chase Edmonds if there's no James Conner and he's missing, continues to miss practice. And he looked injured uh, at the end of that game. Um, uh, absolutely shoot Chase Edmund, Edmonds up as the team of the biggest favorites of the week, you know, indoors against uh, the Detroit team is actually okay against the run, but they've still allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing backs just because they're consistently in unfavorable game scripts, which, you know, theoretically Arizona should put them in once again. Yeah, 13 and a half point spread. 
favoring Arizona. Last note, I think you covered everything. No Hawk, no Swift. I don't think DeAndre Swift is coming back. Like, I, I, why Why bother, given the team's record, risking the injury to him? Just shut him down for the season and let it, let it be, would be my estimation. But that does mean that Jamal Williams, who was injured, got healthy, but then landed on the COVID list last week, should be available. He's probably going to play in week 15. He hasn't, I don't think, yet been activated off of the COVID list, but the anticipation is that he will be. So keep an eye on that um, because if he does play, I think he'd be the new slash old Craig Reynolds, who, by the way, you probably don't want to get rid of if you scooped and made the playoffs either, just in case. Yeah, Williams could be looking at 20 touches for sure. And Arizona is easier to beat against a run than the past. So yeah, that's a situation you have to pay attention to. Craig Reynolds came out of nowhere last week. I love that, though. I love when players pop like that, like Derek Gore popped that one week in Kansas City. The Jets are traveling to Miami. Miami's got a lot of situations going on. So let's start with the Dolphins side of this matchup. Jalen Waddell is on the COVID list. In terms of their backfield, Miles Gaskin was on the COVID list in week 14. He is anticipated. There's optimism that he will be taken off of the list and active for week 15, which would be preferable because Philip Lindsay and Salvan Ahmed are now on the COVID list. Malcolm Brown, remember him from the Rams in the top of this season with the Dolphins? Um, he is act- has been activated, I believe, off IR. So it could be just Gaskin or it could be just Brown or it could be both of them. Either way, if Gaskin is here, I think he's a really good value at $21 in our daily game. Oh, yeah. If Gaston's active, go ahead and use him. You love this matchup. Jets give up a ton of fantasy points to every position, and especially with no Waddle. Um, Zach Wilson on the road against a Miami D that's playing well with no Elijah Moore. Uh, this could be the biggest spread of the week for me. I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in Miami. I wish I had them available in Survivor. Um, but the backfield, if, if Gaskin misses this, then it would have to be like Duke Johnson and no one else active. Otherwise, I feel like it's going to be a committee. Well, Brown, between... could be, Brown could be active. Exactly. Activated. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't really want to mess with Duke Johnson and Malcolm Brown together. They'll probably cancel each other out. But hopefully yeah. Gaskin is back for this, and he would be a, a great start, especially without Waddle. And then also I'd like Devontae Parker to get a bump, and Gasicki to get a bump too in a, in a real strong matchup. And with every Every running back hurt and Waddle. I mean, you could really project some nice targets for for Parker and Gasicki. How are you feeling about Michael Carter, who should be back off IR for the Jets? Yeah, I mean, with so many running back questions and how he looked, I mean, I, you got to treat him as a borderline RB3. I mean, just because of the touches he was getting. And again, just the running back position so, so weak right now. So yeah, I would, if needed, if needed, sure. Another division showdown for the Dallas Cowboys. They are taking on the Giants. At MetLife Stadium, Dak has like not, I've gotten a lot of Dak Prescott questions. I've got one this morning that was, should I start Dak Prescott or Taysom Hill? I understand the concern. Dak has been outside of the top 20 for fantasy purposes in three of his last four. Do you have confidence he's going to bounce back here? I mean, he should against the Giants. Yeah, he's been struggling and he's just has pronounced home road splits. Giants D not bad. Um, I mean, yeah, it just depends on your on your alternative. Uh, I, I don't love the matchup with Tampa Bay, but I did rank Taysom Hill higher than Dak. I don't know. He just simply has not been the same since his leg injury. So he's not running. So even if he if he does bounce back with his arm, I mean, you the, mean you know, the, the calf injury, not the ankle injury. Yeah, the well, both. I mean, the coming it might be last year's. I don't know. I don't know which one it is. Either way, he has not run since returning. So I mean, he used to 
be a locked in for six TD rushes per year, and it's just not been the same. So, yeah, I, I, I personally, I ranked him uh, outside my top 10 QBs this week. Uh, do you think you think that's too severe? You expecting a bounce back? I mean, they are big favorites, and and Zeke is hurt, you know, playing hurt, and Pollard, who knows? So I could see, you know, Dak throwing three TDs. That certainly wouldn't shock me either. I mean, so that so yes, I do have Dak ranked higher against Taysom, partially because of the matchup against Tampa Bay, which we'll talk about for Taysom. I mean, that that's not a, a great a great one for him um, because I don't really trust Taysom as a passer. And when you're talking about the backfield in Dallas, we know that Zeke is not 100%, hasn't been 100% since week four. Tony Pollard is expected to play, but he's dealing with like a torn muscle in his foot. Uh, running backs clearly need the bottoms of their feet quite a bit. So I think, you know, in trying to mitigate the issues of the backfield, Dak should be putting the ball through the air a lot more. And he should be able to hit against the Giants. I mean, that's the other thing is that, like, I think last week we saw Dak making some questionable decisions, looking a little bit off. I don't anticipate the same, although, I mean, maybe you wouldn't anticipate it against Washington either. But I, I feel like you have one of those moments and a player as elite as Dak is able to rebound and recover and maybe refocus. And he has all those weapons available, Michael Gallup, you know, and CD and Cooper all together. But I will just say this. So I have him ranked as my QB 12 this week as ECR's QB 7. So I'm a little behind the market. Um, on the road this year, t- half as many touchdown passes in the same amount of games, 16 to 8, four times as many interceptions, and his YPA drops from 8.3 to 6.8. And it's been a career-long trend with him. So for what it's worth, you, you would you'd prefer when Dak Prescott plays at home. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Saquon for the Giants. I'm just remembering last week when we were going through all of the Giants injuries, and now it's like COVID plus injuries because uh, I'm off script here. But uh, forgive me because my mind is racing at an incredible pace trying to keep up keep up with everything. Um, Kadarius Tony is now on the COVID list, so I went ahead and dropped him in a league that I have him because I, again, I don't know what the Giants are fighting for other than some coaches and their jobs, perhaps, but. There's no point in ruining Kadarius Tony, who already had a quad injury and is now on the COVID list. Like, I feel like he's a drop candidate if you need space, especially if you're trying to pick up like a Mitch Trubisky or another or Samaji P. Ryan or some insurance for one of your stud um, linchpin players. Uh, but also Saquon is still limited in practice on Thursday because of the ankle injury. He's just not looking 100 percent all right. You're seeing Devontae Booker get folded in a little bit more. That's always a concern. Yeah, I'm cool if the Tony drop only two more weeks after this in the fantasy playoffs in most leagues. And he's not even 100 percent, even COVID aside, you know, still playing through injuries. Can't last a whole game. Um, Mike Lennon has been brutal. Um, Jake Fromm must be really bad. I know he has not been there long, so he's still learning the system. But uh, I don't think Jake Fromm's completed one NFL pass like as as a pro. I don't think he has thrown a single pass in the NFL he, he must be poor in practice because Glennon was brutal last week um, I wouldn't want to trust anyone in the Giants outside of Barkley and even then they're keeping expectations tempered Dallas's Dallas's defense now healthy has been awesome way better than their offense it's really weird Dallas's defense way better than its offense and the same could be said in Kansas City um, I know they're going to play tonight after this airs but the, both those defenses <laughs> have played better than their offense the Dallas is especially their defense looked they were they were wreaking havoc last week and they won despite Dak Prescott who threw an ugly pick six with a big lead late in that game yeah it's interesting Micah Parsons I mean talk about a phenomenal talent but also the Dallas Cowboys 31 sacks on the season, better than the Denver Broncos by one. I would not have seen that coming at the top of the year. 
Yeah, that's crazy. And that's another reason I don't love Dak this week. Why is he going to have to throw the ball a lot? Mike Glenn is not going to be able to score 10 points against that defense. And he has Tyron Smith as left tackle out. All right, that's enough of my negatives on, wait, on Dak. You might be right here. I might have to move Dak Prescott down a little yeah. bit because I th- I'm uh, also there's no Jason Garrett in the building for them to have to show up to show yeah, off against yeah. you know right 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 yeah no i don't what, like i said he's still he's still my qb 12 i just think he's not 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 a not a borderline top five like the ecr has him okay um the football team if we're talking nfc east more nfc east fun my goodness let's just get all four of those teams done with in these next two matchups with washington football team traveling to the city of brotherly love right now the football team has 21 players on the covid list that's a lot. Yeah. Hopefully, ter- <laughs> like, that's too many. I don't know. I, don't know what to say. Too, yeah, I know. That, that is, that is, yeah, everyone, yeah, it's a disaster. The spread has moved like crazy. Uh, Philadelphia is more than uh, touchdown favorites. Uh, now up to nine and a half as we record this. Man, uh, so that spread is moving. So Washington's going to be in trouble here. Yeah. I mean, we, have, we need to pay attention to the health of Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders and the quarterback situation in Philadelphia as well. So this is one of those injury games you just got to, you know, wait and see, unfortunately. I think, I mean, how are you feeling about Hertz coming off of the injury? I'm, if, oh boy, it's just conjecture and total guessing games. But reading the tea leaves, it sounds like he was a high ankle sprain and it's going to be Gardner Minshew if I had to be forced to guess right now. You because think so? I mean, Hertz is saying, like, I want to be there for the team and stuff like that. I don't know. Those seems to, I don't know. Minshew looks so good. I don't think it's in any way like a controversy. I just think that Hertz is not quite ready. And now they're big favorites against a team missing a bunch of players and Minshew looks so good. My guess would be Minshew starts. Well, if Minshew is starting, friends, then go and fire up Dallas Goddard in DFS and in your redraft because that proves to be one heck of a connection. You definitely want him as insurance. So if you do have hurts, so hopefully this is at least this is an early game. That's that's good. This is an early game, not an afternoon one, not a later, not the later slate. So that that will help come Sunday. Tennessee at Pittsburgh is next. Um Okay, so maybe a little bit of optimism. I think we're due. How about Julio Jones, right? Like, this was a player that we were dogging for so much and wringing our hands over for so much of the season because he just couldn't get healthy. The age, the whole thing, him not wearing the number 11. I know it's A.J. Brown's number, but still, I expect Julio Jones to be wearing number 11. It would tilt me every time. But he wasn't on the field all that often, so I couldn't get tilted. Anyway, he's coming off of a six-target effort. That's the most looks he's seen since week two. Didn't suffer a setback, thankfully, that we know of last week. So, again, I'm putting him in, in that flex territory. I'm out on Julio. He just played 46% ah! of his snaps last week. There are rumblings. He what didn't show up in. I don't know. I'm, I'm out on Julio. He needs to prove it here. Starting him in the fantasy playoffs would take a leap of faith. But having said that, boy, Pittsburgh defense looked like they weren't even trying last time we saw them. So um, I will give you that. There's not many other options. So I definitely could be wrong here. But to start him in the fantasy playoffs, uh, I, that would be um, a little risky for me. I, I And I can't tell you. Okay, what, wait, running... hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. I have, a, I have a, just to contextualize then. Devonta Smith. We just talked about the Eagles, right? Or Julio Jones. I assume yes. you're leaning Smith. Smith for me, yes. Even if Hurts starts. M- Min- yeah, both. Both. Either what? Both. Yeah, Washington's okay. been, yes, yes. Either. Okay. You didn't even think about that one. So you're pretty resolved in your decision making here. I mean, like again, Julio, 46% snap share, 20 routes last week, 30 air yards. I, I mean, any, he'll come out. He's at a risk of leaving in the first quarter, just limping off at any point. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I think Pittsburgh is is really vulnerable against the run right now. They look. Like I mean, look at what Dalvin Cook did. So I could just see Tennessee just with a million carries this week. But you know, I I'm open to being wrong with Julio, though. Obviously, a Hall of Fame talent, and if he is healthy now, there's no one else there. And if AJ Brown's out, I mean, I could certainly see it happening. 
well, let's talk about the backfield because I think last week I got a ton of questions, as I'm sure you did, about the Titans' backfield. Donta Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, Jeremy McNichols. The winner, as you and I both predicted, was Donta Foreman. Um, He ran ahead of McNichols and Dontrell Hilliard. 15 touches. It was a blowout, so the volume was obviously there. Game script was obviously there. Um, But like you said, like, The Steelers' run defense not looking good. T.J. Watt still clearly not 100% back from that groin issue. And in fact, the Steelers' defense has been top eight in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs for three consecutive outings. So I went for him in the highest year just because he's a favorite for for carries, and I do feel like that's where they should go with most here, a a run-first game plan against this decimated Pittsburgh run defense. Uh, Obviously, Watt's availability will matter, but... You know, you can't rank him too high because it is a three-way split here with McNichols and Hilliard also involved. But Foreman should be the the favorite for carries, including at the goal line. So he's the one I ranked to the highest. Yeah, same uh, Pittsburgh side of things. You buying into this uh, up-tempo, pass-first offense that uh, the Steelers are wanting to run? Certainly, like, snuck up on the Vikings last week um, instead of just, you know, letting everything flow through their rookie running back. Yeah, Wash Big Ben nearly uh, had the biggest comeback in NFL history last week. Uh, 29 nothing, and I think the biggest is 28 points. So um, that was nice to see. He still has it in him. I'm curious to see how this game goes. Uh, it should be an interesting one. Najee Harris is going to get all the touches. You're starting Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And then that's, you know, you're starting those three. Friar Muth if needed. And then that's pretty much it. Deontay Johnson, $28 in DFS. I like him a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, agreed there. Yeah, top five. Uh, I rank him, I think, my fifth receiver this week. Love, yeah, so many targets. Great matchup, too, against the Titans, who are very generous to opposing wide receivers. All right, here's the matchup that we teased uh, in the news section. Houston at Jacksonville. This will either be the Texans' fourth consecutive loss or the Jaguars' sixth consecutive loss. James Robinson's actually averaging 99.9 yards uh, from scrimmage at home this year. Houston's been a sieve against the run, uh, quietly kind of good against the pass. Obviously, the Urban Meyer leaving. So I love James Robinson. I ranked him super aggressively. I used him in the the prediction piece, and I bumped him up even to my number five back this week. I think they're just going to give him all the carries and a favorable matchup. So I like him there. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, basically there's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is uh, back to getting the targets. Uh, Davis Mills has really bad home roads. He's really been really bad on the road, but uh, hopefully he's competent enough to get uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, being a top 25-ish type fantasy whiteout uh, right now. I'd pay attention to Brevin Jordan if you were looking for a flyer yeah. uh, tight end. Um, he's missed some practice, but uh, he would definitely be a sleeper if he's active. Yeah, Jacksonville's... Um... Secondary, certainly a beatable one. You have to imagine that Cooks should be able to like, well, I I mean, what are we talking here? Like six, seven catches for Brandon Cooks? Sounds about right. By the way, James Robinson's ECR, his expert consensus ranking on Fantasy Pros right now is number 22 back of the week. So uh, maybe I'm I'm definitely going out on a limb saying he's the fifth. We'll see. He's been awful the (laughs) last two weeks. He's been awful, like totaled 40 yards the last two weeks. But we'll see. Hope I think they're going to give him all the touches with Meyer gone and this the setup so good at home against Houston. But what could go wrong with relying on Jacksonville? uh, You know, but uh, that's my guy this week is James Robinson. But like I said, he's going to be chalk in DFS. Well, we're, we're anticipating this like bump, right? This post-Meyer boost, which I think is fair given all of the new... Oh, who's, I said this on Sunday's pod, like who fights with Marvin Jones? You're going to get into... Of all of the guys you're going to get into it with, you're going to get into it with like one of the biggest sweethearts in the league, Marvin Jones. Unbelievable. You're going to kick a... Ah, kick you're going to kick a yeah. kicker. Ridiculous. I will also say that 
the Texans have not been spared from this COVID mishigas. Uh, their cornerback, Terrence Mitchell, and their safety, Terrence Brooks, are both on the COVID list. So, you know, if Bevel, the OC, who's now the interim head coach, can do something with Trevor Lawrence, maybe settle him. Um, the accuracy has obviously been a big issue this season. I, at least with the secondary missing two of its starters, things should be a little bit easier uh, for, for Lawrence. And whether it's Laquan Treadwell, whether it's the aforementioned Marvin Jones or James O'Shaughnessy, by the way, who I believe has had six targets in back-to-back games. I like O'Shaughnessy, by the way. He's on my sleepers list. And that is, he's been a, just like Dan Arnold before him, a settling presence for Lawrence, who clearly is looking for some sort of security blanket. Yeah, O'Shaughnessy is actually the safer sleeper tight end of this game, more so than even a banged up Brevin Jordan. He's been getting the targets. Marvin Jones, there's the uh, connection with Bevel in Detroit, too, there. I didn't think of that until you mentioned it. Um, it would be really funny if Trevor Lawrence just tore it up from here on out, right, right after Meyer leaves. It would be it would be funny. But he's definitely the, one of the players I'm most interested to see how he performs down the stretch because it's been a disaster, not just bad. He's been, like, really, really bad looking at all the nerd stats. But it could have just been because of Meyer, and we'll, we'll see. Rookies, you know, not obviously not a lot of ton of receivers him to throw to and whatnot but um yeah it's gonna be fascinating to see how, how Lawrence performs uh Sands Myers okay the other the other team in Ohio the Bengals are also dealing with some COVID issues and they're traveling to mile high let's start with the Bengals though their cornerback Chidabe Awuzie is on the COVID list now he's been very solid this season top 30 coverage rating so maybe finally we can get Jerry Judy going a, l- a little bit here. I know that Denver doesn't want to throw the ball, but you have to imagine against the Bengals, Teddy Bridgewater's going to have to put it up a few times. Awuzie has been awesome. Definite boost for Judy. Uh, it's been tough to rely. I mean, the, the Denver wide receivers for the past month have just been a disaster. But Judy is definitely the leader of the pack. And I agree, he's now an option given the injuries there. And also the fact that Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams both banged up. But but the key here is the Bengals actually are pretty good against the run. And I, I foresee Denver just being forced to throw more than usual. So they're not going to be able to run as much as they like to. Going to be a slower pace as usual with them. But I see uh, Judy finally approaching double-digit targets for the first time in a while this week. Uh, and it's going to be a better matchup with all the injuries because uh, it's not just a Wouzier um it's a uh, it's their linebacker Logan Logan Wilson is, is 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 injured as well too on Cincinnati all right um for Cincinnati their right tackle Riley Reef is on the COVID list I think it's worth mentioning because Burrow has taken 11 sacks over his last two games and you know the Broncos pass rush not the force it once was but still as I mentioned a little earlier 30 sacks on the season so a, a bit concerning that Burrow keeps taking these hits it's been an ongoing conversation obviously since he tore his ACL at the you know last year but I don't think you can I don't think you can sit to Chase. I don't think T Higgins ankle looks just fine I don't think you can be bothered by it um if you have Joe Mixon I think you're rolling him out anyway yeah, Burrow will give you sacks and interceptions. I think he had the second most picks behind only Lawrence this year, but he's been balling otherwise. Second highest YPA tied with my guy, Jimmy G. Playing outdoors in a tough division with a bunch of defenses. There's been a lot of drops uh, by his receivers, too. Coming off major, major knee surgery. Um, I'm impressed with how Burrow's played uh, this year. His completion percentage over expectations super high, too. So um, I'm, I'm starting him in this matchup. And Higgins is, is healthy and emerges is really the 1A to Chase's 1B. Tyler Boyd's been surprised uh, distant third 
Um, he's really in the fantasy playoffs. I'd rather not use Tyler Boyd in my in my. But isn't lineup, that but... interesting that you mentioned yeah, that? I'm because surprised. I think when you when we talk about sacks and we talk about another O line injury under like by the way not a great O line to begin with. You have to, I always think like, okay, well, who's the slot guy who's going to get the dump offs, the check downs? That should be, we know that Boyd excels in that role, but Joe Burrow is such a fucking stud that he's not interested in checking down. And I think that that is such a testament to the way he balls out. Like that is the Joe Cool cigar in his mouth, the way he was sold to us. The fact that he's like the anti-Derek Carr and not willing to just dink and dunk it is such a joy even if it can be a headache sometimes. Yeah, I know. And I thought that he, maybe that Boyd would go off because I, I believe Burrow threw to the slot quite a bit in college, but it might've just well, been, that was did, Justin he have, did he have Justin Jefferson? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. No, uh, Burrow, now you're looking at the aggressiveness rating uh, in next-gen stats. He's uh, basically the other back. Yeah, among quarterbacks that have played all year, he's second. So yeah, you love to see it, man. He's just being aggressive out there. That's coming off major reconstructive knee surgery right away. So no, the, the future is very bright in Cincinnati. Not so much for Atlanta. They're traveling to San Francisco. I mean, I guess the future might be bright with the Kyle Pitts situation. He wasn't horrible last week. But the immediate future is not so bright. Um, I, I don't really have much to say about the Falcons. We know what Cordero Patterson is doing. Um, do you, do you want to, should we check back in on Kyle Pitts talk since we did a check-in last week? Just want to say he's fourth in targets and sixth in yards per game among tight ends as a rookie. The problem is it's been the one touchdown, and that can be, you know, whatever. So, uh, obviously, he's disappointed fantasy managers without question. He's been a, a borderline bust for people who were super aggressive like myself. But he's going to be a baller in the future. I, I, I get it. He burnt people this year. But um, he's still a top 10 option for me this week, even though the Niners are defended that position tough. Because they also defend the run extremely hard. So, I think Matt Ryan's going to have to throw the ball more than usual. Falcons are wild. They're one game behind the Niners right in the playoff race. But minus 108-point differential over the last... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Matt Ryan is a two touchdowns, five interceptions over the last five games. I mean, it's really it's really weird, but they're they've actually played a lot better on the road this year. I believe five of their six wins have been on the road. So they beat the Niners this week. They have the same record as them. So who cares? But it's been an interesting first year for Arthur Smith. Obviously, Calvin Ridley unexpectedly left. But um, I still like Pitts moving forward, as disappointing as the touchdowns have been. And then Patterson this week, temper expectations because the Niners are pretty tough against the run. And Patterson has been used in a more traditional role lately. He's not been running as many routes and he's just been giving the carries. So that's not the greatest setup, but he's such but a baller. But the adjustment he's still can a- happen. The adjustment can happen. When we saw it happen against New Orleans and what was I think week eight, don't, don't quote me on that, but we, I, I mean, I have to imagine that Arthur Smith is advanced enough of a play caller that he is going to look at the matchup and look at the secondary in San Francisco and say, like, all right, we're going to change things back up because he's becoming predictable at this point. So I, I don't know. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I mean, Scott and Andy talked about this on the pickups pod on Monday about Patterson's usage. But I don't think his immediate usage matters because there are so many possibilities available and there's an opportunity to play the strength of the matchup here. No, it's a fair point. He could be used differently Sunday. Why not? And um, he's further removed from this ankle sprain that he's been dealing with. So maybe healthier. He's so, so good. I have him ranked as my 11th back this week. He's fine. I'm just oh, nitpicking. Okay. Yeah, I'm just nitpicking that the Niners are, are not the greatest matchup. Uh, uh, but he's he's awesome. I mean, I don't blame you for wanting to crow about your team that wins and in 
that Aaron Rodgers does not have an ownership stake in. So congrats. Good for you. <laughs> but, you know the, the Niners have some interesting situations that the backfield is a, is a problem with my yeah. guy Elijah Mitchell continuing to do work on the side. They're considering that progress, but not only does he have knee irritation, but he's yet to, to pass a concussion protocol. So I would prepare for Jeff Wilson. I know he disappointed last week, but a better matchup this week. Treat him as a top 25 back, you know, more of a flex, a strong flex option. Whereas Elijah Mitchell, just given all the carries, he's a top 10 back if he's active. And then Debo Samuel quickly. He's just been used differently. The, the targets have not been the same since George Kittle returned in week nine from the bye. So he's, um, he's still being ranked aggressively in ECR, like the sixth wide receiver this week, but he's more of like a 15 to 20 range given his new role. But if Mitchell is out, then we have to imagine that Debo is going to continue to see touches out of the backfield. Last week, eight carries for 37 rushing yards, and he saved his fantasy stat line with that one rushing score. I looked up Debo's stats. It's interesting because we're talking about like Patterson, who is used in non-traditional ways, and also Debo on the other side of this matchup being used in different ways. 53 snaps in his return from injury, ran 35 routes. So again... The possibility is there. I don't think you can afford not to be confident about Debo, especially if Mitchell is absent, because he's going to get the production, whether it's on the ground or through the air. Oh, yeah, and it's a good matchup against Atlanta. AJ Terrell is not going to shadow him or anything. Um, it's just the fact that he had one target last week to 26 for Kittle and Ayuk is why I'm saying he's no longer the number three fantasy receiver like he was over the first two months of the year. But, oh, yeah, you're definitely starting. Uh, you're firing up Debo in your lineups this week. And I'm downgrading Ayuk because of it, because I think that Terrell is worth that kind of consideration. Yeah, no, Terrell's been, been fantastic. What about Kittle, the top PPR score each of the last two weeks? Tight Adams last week, pretty pretty remarkable from a tight end position that's just been you know so thin otherwise. Um, what a baller, Kittle. Hopefully he stays healthy, but he's already dealing with knee soreness. It's tough for him to stay healthy for a stretch because he plays so physical, um, but it's been fun to watch. And just a little bit of crowing on my part, both of my tight ends in this fishbowl, which is a tight end premium scoring situation, Kittle and Gronkowski. Been rolling them out. Mm, wow. They got healthy at the right time. Uh, I'm very excited to be going to the conference, uh, the conference round of the fishbowl using both of those guys. I had a really prioritized tight end this year, and thankfully all of my peach season articles helped me to hit. Um, all right, let's talk about, actually, that's a perfect segue because we're going to talk about the Seahawks at the Rams. And one of these teams is missing Tyler Higby or missed Tyler Higby last week because he was on the COVID list. The other team, the Seahawks, are going to, Gerald Everett might be the only one out there to catch all of the balls because Tyler Lockett, who is vaccinated, isn't on the COVID list. Now we know obviously DK Metcalf is going to be in the mix here, but as Matt and I talked about on the Sunday wrap-up pod, there seems to be some ish going on between Russell and DK and Russell has not veered away from Everett despite Everett dropping balls and having a couple of really costly gaffes. So I am moving Everett up in my week 15 rankings because of Lockett's absence. Agreed with Everett, but man, Metcalf, I liked him before. He was just due, all, nearly scored three separate times last week. The air yards have been there, and now no Lockett. Unfortunately, D, DFS is going to be chalk, and just everyone's going to have him. But I, I moved him to number three on my receiver board this list, so behind only Cup and Devontae Adams. I mean, Metcalf is just due. I mean, I, I, he's going to get, I don't care about Jalen Ramsey. He's going to get all the targets in this game. So, well, Jalen Ramsey really wasn't like, active last week because of right, COVID. Right, he wasn't, exactly. So, no, and no, that I, was a Monday. Uh, um, he pulled a positive test on a Monday so I don't know if he's gonna the turnaround isn't the same window as on a Sunday it's a little shorter 
Yeah, I think Metcalf's going to be real nice after disappointing you the last the last month. It's going to really pay off. Come uh, if you made it to the fantasy playoffs with him. I really like him uh, to to really uh, to really regress positively this week. I love Rashad Penny too. He went from a uh, uh, Tuesday night. He went from twenty three percent rostered in Yahoo to seventy percent overnight. So uh, I like to see the see that because he's well deserved. He's a uh, this is not the greatest matchup, but man, without Lockett, uh, he he and might even Alex see some. Collins, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Right. He just went the COVID too, so he. Might might even see some targets penny too so if he can if he can hold up he's definitely a flex option and then the next two weeks the schedule eases up and he could be the you know a real difference maker uh rams players i mentioned tyler higby also odell beckham jr pulled a positive test so there's a chance that he may not be active are you are you worried at all about matt stafford then if he's missing obj who has obviously been quite a, a red zone weapon for him no, not in this matchup. Uh, Cup, even more targets, rank him number one as usual. Van Jefferson, top 25 guy. He's been good enough. And, and then he gets Higby back too. So not worried about Stafford. Um, I like all these guys, especially Sony Michelle. I, uh, apparently, um, I trust more than the Rankers because I have him as a as my 10th back this week. I guess it's a lot higher than the market, but I like him to be the featured back in the Rams in a matchup against a Seahawks team that's allowed the second most fantasy points to to running backs this year. I think uh, Michelle has not put up a ton of fantasy points the last couple games because the touchdowns have eluded him, but uh, they're coming okay well i mentioned aaron Rodgers having an ownership stake in the chicago bears we saw that bear out on sunday night bear out get it no uh pun intended he's going to baltimore and he may or may not face off against a lamar jackson led ravens defense not because he's not active but because lamar's ankle is still an issue jackson is a game day decision he did not practice on wednesday or thursday and another clue that he probably isn't going to play. Josh Johnson was signed off the Jets practice squad on Wednesday. Yeah, and not only that's a big clue. The spread suggests to me he's not going to play five and a half point home dogs. I know Green Bay is good, but the over-under is very low too. It just suggests that Lamar Jackson is not going to be able to play after being carted off last week. So maybe it was more high than low ankle sprain. Unfortunate. This would be my possibly matchup of the week a real fun game I love the fact that Baltimore has become the the by far the most extreme pass funnel defense they're just impossible to run against but a million injuries in their secondary so see Aaron Rodgers have to throw like crazy uh it should be fun with Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard should be yes. ranked higher I, I mean he's taken over the slot role of the Cobb there and even Marquez Valdez Scantling banged up I mean I really like Lazard and PPR this week in this matchup even with Huntley starting I mean yes it might not be as high scoring it'd be more ideal if El Jacks was healthy, but Huntley is is looked confident enough. So I think this is going to be a higher scoring maybe than expected, and um, really like all the pass catchers involved for for Green Bay. Love that you mentioned Lazard rostered in just six percent of leagues, only sixteen dollars in our daily game. I wrote him up in my sleepers piece as well. You mentioned Marlon Humphrey's absence in the secondary, so that bodes well. Let's keep an eye on Aaron Jones. He was limited in practice on Wednesday and then did not practice on Thursday. We don't like those downgrades from one day to the next. Um, it's probably nothing, probably just a rest day because we know the knee, you know, has been an issue since earlier in the season. But I'm still the fact that it went from limited to did not practice. I want to make sure that, you know, there hasn't been a setback or something, in which case we know what we're doing with A.J. Dillon. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, definitely. If Jones misses, no matter how bad the matchup is, start Dylan. But this is a tougher matchup. Number four uh, run defense, DVOA Baltimore. And again, I think they're missing all four of their members in their secondary that they opened the season with uh, now officially uh, after uh, the latest one went down. So it's a uh, it's a problem there. 
Huntley uh, is an interesting, probably I've checked his uh, salary in DFS, but he he runs and um, could be could be could be an interesting option if you wanted to punt uh, quarterback. Another another way the Ravens may keep this game closer than expected is they have the number one special teams in DVOA, where Green Bay is ranked dead last. Not I guess unexpected after that performance against the Bears. Huntley is twenty four dollars in our daily game. There you go. So nearly clo- close enough to the minimum twenty. So yeah, definitely an option if you want to go cheap in QB. We have arrived at the Sunday night game, finally. By the way, I love that this is the first week without buys, and yet there might end up being a buy because of COVID, or at least for two teams. Um, this is a long one, Dalton. I'm tired. Are you tired to be at the end? I'm kind of a little, I'm a little wiped. Yeah, so they say longest season ever. They weren't joking Yeah, in many different ways now. Tampa Bay is going for their fifth consecutive win Leonard Fournette dealing with ankle issues. He was limited in practice. Again, keep an eye on those practice logs. If he were not to start, then you want to be excited about Ronald Jones. I looked ahead of time, and he is only rostered, Ronald Jones is, in 26% of Yahoo League. So again, if if Lenny Fournette got you to Week 15, go ahead and please, please back him up with Rojo. He should be available. Oh yeah, go ahead, Ronald Jones for sure. Uh, it's it's unfortunate this is a Sunday night game, so you may have to wait. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some clarity on Fournette's situation, but he keeps missing practice. And even with New Orleans as number one ranked run defense DVOA, I mean this is a Tampa Bay team, double digit home favorites. They're, they're averaging so many points at home, getting it done. So if Ronald Jones is the starter and no Fournette, I mean especially with Gio Bernard on IR, I know Vaughn will get some of the passing down work because Ronald has just struggles so much there. But you love it in, as a feature back in that offense. I would be, I would. If, if Fournette's out, I would start Ronald Jones with confidence in my fantasy playoffs, actually. But then again, I'm the guy drafting Ronald Jones, so take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> well, it is interesting because the last time these two teams met, Fournette was held to under 50 scrimmage yards by the Saints. But I don't, I don't like, I, you know who keeps notes? Tom Brady keeps notes. And he's not letting the Saints do what they did to him last time. I mean, I, I, I just can't believe it. And obviously, the Saints team is a totally different team. Um, we started the show talking about Taysom Hill. Let's talk about Taysom Hill. I, he's inside of my top 10 for sure. He has to be because of the mobility. But the way to beat Tampa Bay is obviously through the air, not on the ground. And his best skill is his legs, not his arm. Yeah, this is going to be one of those, maybe you don't want to watch it, but he'll still produce top 10 fantasy QB numbers. I mean, last week, it kind of it really helped with a late TD run, and he was just trying to run out the clock. The The finger is an issue. Um, uh, there's no question about that. But And it doesn't have you know a ton of great passing options. One, uh, But yeah, I ranked him as a top 10 fantasy QB still, too, even though the matchup does not look great in paper. I fear that New Orleans does get blown out in this game. But He's just such a weapon with with his running. It's just a cheat code um, in fantasy. A real deep sleeper I'll give you here. Nick Bennett, he's been running the routes. He's emerged as the number one tight end on Tampa Bay. And there's real, and, and they you have, boy, they're not going to be able to run the ball, Alvin Kamara, against this Tampa Bay run defense. So Taysom Hill on these rollouts to Vanette is you really want to go for a deep sleeper. Oof, that's even deeper than Brevin Jordan. That's even deep. That one didn't even make my list. Congratulations, Dalton. Wow. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. What What better way to end this particular week 15 podcast than on a Nick Vanette nug seems mm-hmm. completely appropriate. Yeah, I can't think of one. 
if you want to continue chatting with us, you can do it on Twitter. You can follow me at Liz Loza underscore FF. You can follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, make sure you're following the at Yahoo Fantasy handle. Stick around here too, because Matt Harmon will be joined by TJ Hernandez for a DFS preview of this week's games on Saturday's episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Until then, we bid you adieu. Stay safe, stay healthy, good luck.